hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the people at Netgear. Episode 5 from the show floor at CES. Uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 190. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. It's uh, we're doing these every day now. It's uh, you gonna miss I've never me? spent this much time with you uh, in, in my life. Stephen's announced this will be the last one from CES, <laughs> and to be clear, it was Stephen's decision, not mine. Yeah, well, um, but are you going to miss me tomorrow? I will miss you tomorrow. But uh, I managed to get around and see everything in three days. I didn't need the fourth day. The fourth day is going to be uh, recreation day. I'll be honest, same here. So, uh, lots to talk about. We have been a little bit of time on the show floor again today, and um, I think uh, you got to spend some time today with people from Netgear, Brad, Heidi, and uh, and uh, you probably interviewed Patrick Lowe as well. David, David, I interviewed. <coughs> He's a good man. Yeah, and and it was so the the that uh, they just to just to explain it, Netgear don't actually have a stand at the show. They take over a hotel that's a block away, not even a block away from the convention centre. So they can set up entire floors full of products. They've got meeting rooms. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit more uh, sane than having to run around through here at the uh, convention centre. So. And again, their, their philosophy is, is very very much the same as every other um, brand here. They are trying hard to, um, to get the retailers to come in, have a look at the products they've got. Um, you know, wine and dine them and uh, do the deals for uh, what will be on the shelves this year. So there are a couple of key things, obviously a range of products, but let's talk about um, the two big ones. The first, the second one is, is a simple fun one, but the first one is it's big and it will get it in uh, around March. It's called Arlo. Now, Arlo. we talked, in fact, they showed us last year the, the little camera system that they'd yeah. bought a couple of years ago. View view zone. Yes, it was a good little camera. So they've rebranded it. They've completely re-engineered it and it is a stunning little product so it's called Arlo simple little camera you buy a, a two camera kit or a four camera kit so it's it's about monitoring so you have a little base station that you plug into your router and then let's say you bought two cameras you pair those two cam- cameras with the base station with the easy touch of a button and then let's say you want one in uh, the lounge room and one on the front porch you put a little uh, adapter on the top of the wall screwed into the wall or use 3m tape and whatever you like adapter, we mean a magnetic adapter Very it's small magnetic thing about the size of these are these are we should point out they're wire free i'm no, getting to that yeah they're, they're, it's a, it's about the size of 50 cent piece the little uh, the little adapter and and the cameras are fit in the palm of your hand they're very small they're like an action cam in terms of yeah, size but they are 100% waterproof so they can be outdoors they are 100% wire free so there's four little batteries in the bottom of them when you get about six months battery life yeah, no, you whack it up like on the wall like a, it's got like a camera battery you know the uh yeah, four, the one four of them. yeah yeah four little batteries in the bottom in each in each one yeah it's a big battery no there's four, four okay one, two, i didn't three. i didn't see the battery oh, configuration i'll out. take your word for it thanks mate cheers but, uh, but no, for, because they're wireless they're very easy to set up because security cameras are great but you've got to run a wire either to a power point 
or back to the base. Now this is neither needs power nor back to base, so 100% wireless. Whack it up in the corner, and you've got yourself monitoring. Now they've also then re-engineered the, the cloud backend solution, and they're setting a server up in Australia, so you'll have local server. And basically, what that means is you can set it up so that it, it constantly, whenever there's it detects motion, it records vision. So you can, from anywhere in the world, you can access the cloud. And bingo, start looking at what was recorded and who's there. Well, what, what's going to, uh, I think in the past, like security cameras are a very popular segment at the moment. But what has the, the pain points in the past for customers has been setting them up. They've been a little bit difficult, cables, finding power. Because you need to find a power point if you want <coughs> excuse me, if you want to find... <coughs> oh, he's lost it. He couldn't make it through day five. <laughs> I'm fine, I'm fine. But uh, in terms of power, like the traditional cameras, you need to, if you want to put them up high in the corner of your ceiling or outside, then there needs to be power. Well, these are not only wire, these are wire-free. They can be attached with the magnetic with the magnetic base station. They've also got night vision as well uh, built into it. The old version, I think, had a separate light to, to facilitate the night vision. Uh, and the, I think that the fact that, that it's so easy to set up is going to make it very easy and encourage customers to think, well, if it's that easy, let's do it. I think it's a lot Literally, I mean, holding back. Because it's literally ten minutes out of the box, they say, and um, and that's going to make a big difference for people because I've always wanted to have cameras like at the front door and back door kind of thing, and but I've I've known that my, I'm not my wife's not going to be happy with me getting a PowerPoint installed up there, nor is she going to be happy with me running extension cords and things through the place. So, power's always. I think we've had wireless cameras for long enough that the you know getting the network to them hasn't been a problem, but the, the power has been a big issue. Six months battery life is an important kind of guesstimate because obviously. That the the assumption that works on the assumption you use it for four minutes a day. So, yeah. it, look, if you're detecting a lot more motion, you're recording every bit of motion. The, the batteries won't last that long, but that's fine. They're easy to replace. The good thing about it, though, the dashboard allows you to set different things. So, you, for example, you can set say between 10 p.m. and 6 p.m. that all of the cameras outside are on, none of the inside cameras are on. You can make all these different changes. So, you might want to turn the cameras off during the day inside, leave just the outside ones on. So there are ways to, to set it up. You can even view them remotely, of course. You can say, you, you us here in Las Vegas, we could actually then remotely connect to our cameras at home. I think they did a demonstration where they actually tuned in live to the cameras at the, uh, the Netgear office in San Jose. Yeah. So, uh, and that just showed uh, the live view there. And if it does detect movement, as you said, you get, uh, and could get even a notification. You can uh, choose to save the video as well. Um, so, now, in terms of the smart home, what they're doing is they've also partnered with LifeX, which is one of those globe companies. So you're going to have the ability to potentially trigger from motion, turn on light globes and stuff. I'll tell you my only problem with it. My only problem is it's not as open as other systems, and and I really think the the, the smart home can only be successful if it's if it's almost fully open. I don't mean open in terms of security. I mean in terms of configuration and, and access to to actions. So, the if this then that is to me the most powerful kind of trigger mechanism that you can use for different things and I would like to be able to have an Arlo camera that if it detects motion turns on a LifeX bulb but also I don't know locks locks my door through Kivo or something which might happen through IFT so I think that I think what will happen is I think they'll be kind of pushed into that because there'll be 
some great early adopters that want it will use it and they'll actually request that at such great length that yeah. they'll have to they'll pretty much have to move to that space but, but in itself though it's still not a bad little self-contained system like, oh, like, mate it is for, for this for the customer who just wants to who's been thinking about it and just wants to have some cameras set up just for security peace of mind they want to maybe keep an eye on on their kids or their holiday house or their office uh, I think this is going to be a, a big success. So it's released in March, March, and it's going to be available in a two-pack and a four-pack, and then you can buy uh, cameras individually. But you know what I think? You can have up to 15 cameras on one base, on base station. station. But do you remember when I was showing you in the Tech Guide home theatre the film Oblivion with Tom Cruise? I do remember. Do you remember the drone he was fixing up? I yes. reckon the camera, the Arlo camera, looks like that drone in Oblivion, don't you reckon? You know the white, those white camp, those oh, yeah. white drone things flying around. It could be one it. Of the, one of the ladies in Netgear agreed with me. She goes, "Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, and you're right." So, well, just so if you haven't seen the film Oblivion, starring Tom Cruise, Stephen Fennick has he's got it on on Blu-ray, and his address is, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very nice theatre, four K resolution. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't live there anymore. No, it's all good. That, that's that's what I saw, and I think, wow, it's the uh, it's the drone out of Oblivion. But anyway. So um, the other thing was um, for people that have a little bit more than just your average home network, uh, you've got your router. If you're like me, I've got a, a little switch. When, when we say a switch, we mean those little boxes that have four, five, maybe eight ports that you can plug network stuff into. So in my home, we've got I, I had one network put put port put at the entertainment unit and then I've got a little switch where I can have six or eight things plugged in so I've got I have six or eight things yes. plugged in the problem place I've got 16 in my office mm. and another eight in my in the tech guide home theater so I've got I've got three switches around the place and the problem with them all is they, they sit and they kind of hover off the ground because the cables push them off the desk that you sit yeah, them on because they're, such, they're usually light plastic made of plastic yeah and so what yeah. Nick here have introduced is uh, is the click switch click and this switch. is it's a fairly big and robust piece of kit but it's uh, basically a block uh, it looks like a block of wood in it terms of size like a power board almost. It, it does look like a power <laughs> board but it's um but it's network ports and what you do is you get a mounting plate that you can screw into your wall your under the bench Desk, on top of the bench yeah. whatever you want yeah. and then the switch clicks into it and the best part is the power cord is adaptable at different angles yeah. so that basically it will it will look seamless anyway plus it's got loops built into it to cable manage cable management but you can also click it into say you want it facing the ports to be facing to the left or to the right or you want the ports facing out you can click it however you like yeah. so it's adaptable I was very excited by that product. I'm thinking, wow, that's going to be really, it's going to solve that issue where, and, and I've got this problem with near all my AV equipment in, in, my, in the theatre there, where the, the, the switch won't sit properly because there's eight cables coming out of it and it's lifting it up off, off, the, uh, off one of the levels of the, Mate, of the just, rack. Just put Darth Vader and the Stormtrooper next to it and have them hold the cables down for that you. Might that idea. might be the problem. <laughs> um, look, it's a great little product, but it, it, and it will come at a premium. It's not going to be as cheap as a basic switch, but look out for that one, the click switch from Netgear, and, uh, and there'll be uh, details of the Arlos and whatnot at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Shouldn't we have queued up the Star Wars music now, Trevor? Or da -da -da. <laughs> that, please, that, that. That's, all I know. that's okay. Well, I uh, I was wondering. The intern just gave me a filthy look. Yeah, I was wandering around the uh, South Hall, and uh, something caught my eye at the SMS audio booth today. Mm. It was R two D two. 
SMS audio, is that the Fitty Cent thing? That's Fitties, yes. And, I, and the reason I wanted to talk about SMS, SMS audio is so I, could say, up the so I can say Fitty as well. I like saying that. But anyway, I saw R2-D2. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I've got to get my photo with R2-D2. And then I asked the guy, I said, uh, what, why is R2-D2 even here? And he said, well, we've got Star Wars headphones. Then, then when I... Oh, hang on. <laughs> In turn, he didn't come in with a bag or anything, did he? No. You, you didn't walk away no. with a set of Star Wars head. You're losing no. your touch, my it friend. Was a, there was exchange of business cards, just <laughs> to say. <laughs> but when, uh, when I asked him, I said, what the hell is uh, Star- R2-D2 doing? He said, and when he told me, oh, wow, I said, after I picked myself up off the ground, I thought, well, let's show them to me. <laughs> and uh, they're actually really cool. They're, they're, they're their normal SMS on-ear headphones, yeah. SMS headphones. But they've been designed with Star Wars patterns like the first first generation there's already up to the second generation would you believe how I can I just say how I didn't know why, these, why are we not giving equal time to Hello Kitty headphones because well, uh, they're around I've seen those story for another day yeah I think you're showing a bias towards Star Wars. <laughs> the first range had Boba Fett, a stormtrooper, the Imperial symbol. The Boba who? Symbol. Boba Fett, right, yeah, stormtrooper. Uh, Imperial symbol and the rebel symbol, but the second generation is that like in Transformers, the Decepticons, and the other ones? The characters, yeah, right. okay, the characters and the the different sides, the rebels and the. We discussed in the car the other night. I've never seen the show, so yeah, I know. I'm still getting over whether I stay friends with you after that, Trevor. But anyway, the second generation can have Chewbacca, Darth Vader, uh, a Tie Fighter, the Tie Fighter design, and R2D2, and they are, and as I said, they're the standard on-ear SMS audio headphones that you would buy. So same quality. Uh, same design, the build the same. They've just got these uh, the Star Wars patterns uh, for these different characters on the side. I'm very excited. There will I am geek enough to wear those in public. I'll put that out there right now that I would wear those in public. I don't doubt it at all. Star Wars headphones, and I have also no doubt that within the next 48 hours you'll be able to see photos of those in a full report at techguide.com.au. Now, I went over to the uh, the good people at uh, Hengedoc. We've uh, we've seen them, and you've reviewed uh, other Hengedoc products recently. This is a very, very good-looking solution. It's called the Horizontal Docking Station for MacBooks. Not cheap, um, several hundred dollars, probably a $500 item, but it's fully powered. So basically, if I can describe this to you as um, a flat dock that you sit your MacBook on. So it's for MacBook Pros. You sit your MacBook on it and it has kind of an edge on, on the left and right side. No. Um, and inside those those edges are automated controllers that as soon as you sit your Mac down, it slowly pushes in and clamps your MacBook and that, that does two things. It keeps it secure, but it also plugs everything in. So every port on the so, MacBook... So it keeps it secure as in on the desk. On the desk, yeah. You can't pick it up. So you can Kensington lock the hinge dock, yeah. and, and the MacBook is secured to the hinge dock. The ports are all connected and, and then replicated 13 times at the back. There's wow. six USB 3, Thunderbolt 2 uh, mini display port. There's two audio ports. There's an Ethernet. There's Kensington. There's power. Um, there's HDMI and SD card. All pumping out the back of this thing, and then you can you can you can lock it with a password so that you, you can't be unlocked until you enter the password on the Mac. Well, this is this is I, the Hinge Dock I reviewed. The sort of the model before this one is the one where you put the, your MacBook in sideways mm. and it holds it puts the it matches up. The so ports. you can have three screens for your MacBook Pro with That's this. That's what I was going to say. So if, for the person who uses their MacBook Pro to power their desktop, so for their uh, their monitors, so you can have three monitors with this one now. So there's two Thunderbolt docks. And there's USB 3 uh, and HDMI as well, so you can connect it to a television even if you like. So I think, yeah, for someone who uses their, their MacBook Pro as the central part of their d- desktop and mobile system, mm. then I think the Henge Dock is 
pretty powerful. But I'm, I'm surprised that that looks doesn't that look That's like a, a button. Sneaker to you? So on the oh, right hand side, there's a button. That, so if you don't have it locked with a password, you just press that and it unlocks. You press the button and the thing goes. I, that to be a I suppose there's speakers on top already, isn't there? Yeah, the, uh, speakers because your Mac MacBook's still open. Jeez, oh, you're picky. Well, there's two. I would say to you, there's two audio outputs, right? Yeah, of course. So set up some decent speakers because it's a fully desktop application. Yeah. So good-looking thing, well worth checking out on your way out of the building because Elvis is about to leave the building. Uh, as I as I can see it, he looks like he's winding up. Uh, it's the um, it's the horizontal docking station for MacBooks uh, from Hinge. We love being horizontal. Oh, hello. <laughs> That's all I had to say. You can take the microphone away now. That's all I had to say. <laughs> next, mate. Okay. Well, I was. Uh, you know, I'd be Call of Duty fan. Okay? Really? Shooting game. Is that a is that a computer yeah, that's game? That's not a scoop. That's not a scoop. <laughs> Call of Duty. Any any first person shooter. Uh, I'm I'm into it. But um, I uh, came across a product called Omni in the South Hall. Now, pretty hard to miss, just quietly. Yeah, it, it combines a couple of things. First of all, now virtual reality. We should touch on that real quick. Virtual reality has been like there's um, <laughs> Oculus Rift is here. In case the microphone didn't pick it up, what a bore is what I said. <laughs> Yeah, once Trevor finishes getting a life, we'll continue. But the the virtual reality is I've seen them ever. There's a few here. Okay, you you saw all the drones. I've seen a lot of virtual reality products, including Oculus Rift, including this one Omni, and several others. But the Omni takes it a step further. This one actually looks to me like virtual reality instead of just a set of stupid so, goggles. Apart from wearing a pair of stupid goggles, as Trevor describes them. There's a little base station that you actually literally strap yourself into. So you step on this this like concave looks like you're in rehab plate. when you're on it. <laughs> so there's like a, a concave plate that you step inside. A ring then goes around your waist, and you've got like a, a belt, a strap holding you in place. So what that allows you to do is walk in the virtual world. So this little pan under here, this concave part. You can actually walk on the spot, and it's got enough. Kind of like a treadmill thing. Yeah, 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 so it's almost like a treadmill where you're walking on the spot, and you can turn 360 degrees to then face whatever you're looking at in your virtual reality goggles. So it really gives you that experience. So not only are you you're not stationary in the world, you're moving around, and there's the gun that is actually connected to the console with it, whatever you're playing, will then allow you then to interact with the game. I mean. For a fan like yourself who also has the room, that would look sensational in the Tech Guide Theatre. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, I think it's uh, they didn't the price. price now, well, oh, I didn't get, I didn't get a price, but you, you're talking thousands of dollars here. But this is the sort of thing where you really need to be an enthusiast for this stuff. You can't just sort of pick it up and think, oh yeah, I'll play this, and and then you're stuck with this system. You really got to be into it. Hopefully, they're going to support it with uh, more titles coming through because mm. the. Call of saying you want to play Call of Duty on it is one thing, but actually having that 360-degree virtual reality world is another. So, you know, you're, we're hoping that, well, Omni definitely would be hoping that would be supported by these big game publishers and see virtual reality, which it is. It's becoming that way where a lot of people are paying attention. Facebook owns Oculus Rift. So that's not, that's not just an asset they're going to park and not do anything about. There's going to be plenty of development around it, and I think you'll see that on Omni as well. Well, I'll, I'll uh, see your Omni and raise you or equal you with the, the Formula One simulation at Hisense. There you go. I'll yes. see how I've managed to get that in. Absolutely. The, um, I don't know the name of the company, but a couple of young... Hisense. No. Is where you did it. No. It? Yes, well, that's where we did it, but they don't have anything to do with it. Hisense are a sponsor of the Lotus Formula One Grand Prix team. Uh, and they, oh, thanks, good. So they've set up a, a simulator. So it's a three monitors playing the F1 game, 
and you sit, you know, you can sit in a chair and you've got the steering wheel. It's been there, done that. But this thing has the whole actuators and hydraulics. So you're in the, you're in the thing, you're moving. It is, it is a sensational simulator. And it was apparently $35,000. That's how much to set you back. So if you're fully into your Sims, I need to pay 35000 to get mine going. Hopefully yours is only a few oh, thousand. That wouldn't, be, that wouldn't cost too much at all, I think. Um, but it did look, look, watching people, and I do. I, I get what you say now, it looked like you're in rehab, but they, you're, strapped, <laughs> you're strapped into this thing. It's like you're learning how to walk again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. pretty cool, I'm sure. The guys wearing the masks didn't care how ridiculous they looked. They had a great time. Well, that applies to everyone who's who's using virtual reality here at the show. Imagine you're a um, you know a promotional individual uh, who um, either one of the amazingly good-looking ones or just a random individual. But imagine you're you know you get the call say hey we we want you to come and work for four days at CES and they go oh sweet you want to stand near some cars and wear something beautiful. No, we want you to wear a stupid headset for four days. <laughs> oh, you'd turn it down, wouldn't you? Stupid headset, mate. They all look stupid. No, no, no. no well, please. Anyway, Two Blokes Talking Tech, the final episode, according to Stephen, who's abandoning the show um, as of this afternoon <laughs> here at CES. And, it, <laughs> and we do it all. We do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Um, and we talk about all the, the networking solutions. And don't forget that, as um, I remember Patrick Lowe telling, telling the both of us a few months ago, um, the critical thing that, that I've been learning over the last um, few months is that your home network is only, only as good as the worst device on it. So if you've only got a single band Wi-Fi network and your kids have got a really old laptop on Wi-Fi and you've got the latest and greatest wireless AC computer, smartphone, whatever it is, your smartphone will only be operating at the speed that that laptop is capable of doing on Wi-Fi. So make sure you're looking for a dual band or tri-band solution. Nikki's got a whole range of them. The Nighthawks are, uh, are pretty awesome, as well as uh, they've also launched their latest Nightgear uh, range extender. So uh, Nighthawk uh, range extender. So huge range of products from netgear.com.au. Now, um, battery packs, plenty of them around. In fact, I'm pretty sick of them, right? So there's got to be 20,000 products to CS. I reckon 4,000 of them are mobile phone battery packs. Found one today, yes. So these ones are WeGo, W-E-E-G-O, battery packs, right? WeGo, that's very good. Thanks very much. I'll walk straight past them. But then I noticed that they had battery packs that also have jumper leads for your car. <laughs> so you can charge your mobile phone or jumpstart your car. Can you go the other way? Can you, if, you, if your phone's oh, flat, no. <laughs> if your phone's flat, can you plug them to your battery and then get a charge out of your phone to your phone? Well, there, there, there appears to be a cigarette holder light, lighter thing there, so I'm sure you can just charge your phone through okay. the cigarette lighter. Okay. That'd be cool if you could jump a lead cable your phone. That'd be. Cool. I think it'd probably. Blo- well, I don't know. If you were, if you were, I suppose if you were broken down in the middle of the desert, you'd be stuffed anyway, wouldn't it? Your battery'd be gone, eh? So just top. No, no, it's all good. Um, so it's called <laughs> it's called the WeGo. And I put it on EFTM. It's uh, yeah, jump start if you can. Right, look, thing the thing is, we've I've had battery problems in the past. And I didn't drive the Mazda for a few months, and the thing didn't work. We had jumper leads, but we had to go and get the other car, bring it around, pop yeah. the boot, pop the bonnets, get them all going. With this thing, no other car required. Yeah. You keep that in your in your glove box. Boom, jump start the car. Now, I've seen a couple of Twitter comments since I posted it saying that they don't think it would have enough power to jump start a car. They've all, even the company have replied saying that they've done extensive testing. The different powers, so the different size of the battery determines how big the car can be. So a, a 4.2 litre diesel needs a bigger battery to jump start it. So the smaller ones will start a small car, no problems. So that, that would then, so it, it's a decent sized battery, so you've got to charge that for a while, make sure it's charged before you leave home. Exactly. So it'll charge your battery, your phone, your tablet, and yep. your car. That's right. Awesome. Who would have thought? Uh, it's called WeGo, and I've whacked it up at eftm.com.au. 
Now, uh, here's a non-CES story. Uh, Breaking news. Breaking news, non-CES story. Well, it's uh, from Apple, actually. They've announced today that the uh, App Store has had a flying start to the new year with record sales. So the the, the spending on uh, the first week of the new year, people spent nearly half a billion US dollars on apps and in-app purchases. And New Year's Day... 2015 marked the single biggest day ever in App Store sales history. Pretty good. I I wonder why. It's not like it was Boxing Day or something. I think people have got either new devices, new tablets, phones, whatever. Why wouldn't that be but Boxing they've Day? They've also got time. They've got time to think. Got rid of the family. Download, I'm going to download some apps. I've got time to look, and they've got their new device, and they've probably seen plenty of recommendations over the Christmas period, holiday period. Uh, I think that that might have these these factors have contributed, and wow, you know that, that's impressive figures. And you know, since so, since since New Year's Day, I thought that was the one biggest day in however long. How's it been open now? It's been eight years since the yeah. since the App Store opened. So the other thing that I wanted to point out from that press release, because we both talked about the Product Red initiative leading up to World AIDS Day, um, since Apple partnered with um, Product Red, they've donated over $100 million, $20 million in just the last quarter. So that initiative to have the apps and the in-store purchasing and the online purchasing on December the 1st, I think it was, World AIDS Day, uh, go towards Product Red has resulted in $20 million worth of donations. So that's uh, that's a credit to uh, to Apple and to uh, to everyone involved. Now, back to CES. I love Love this one too. Uh, you know, Moby, the um, they do those little yes. um, great little uh, batteries for your keyboard, for your mouse, stuff like that. And you've got an iMac as well. Yep. So adding four ports to your iMac with this thing called the Magic Hub. So what it does is it screws inside. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna talk about it and try and bring up the photos because they're better than the ones on the uh, on the on the press pack there. But basically, it screws into that big hole at the back of your um, of your uh, computer, um, it screws into there, and then um, where the power cord goes through, the power cord goes into it. So the power cord goes into the to the Magic Hub, and Magic Hub has the power cord built into it oh, to so um, like to come out of. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and and you get as a result of that when you plug it into your computer, you get four extra USB ports. So this is um, I'm just showing Stephen oh, so a photo. Yeah, yeah. It, this is the power cord that comes yep. with the MoB. Right, so so there's a power cord hanging out, and and there's a with the with the Magic Hub, there's a there's a power plug that your normal power cord would go into. Yep. It's it's an extra four USB ports, two on each what's, side. What's that for, oh, Stephen, I don't USB know. Three. Don't USB know. three. <clears throat> no, it might be the, uh, the the place that you plug your USB from the computer oh, into I that. I can see where that would uh, help you, uh, obviously, extend the number of USBs, but also st- avoid any clutter desk. underneath well, on that, the desk. That's what yeah. I said on EFTM. It's like adding four ports without uh, using an, a millimeter of desk space, and that really appeals to me because four ports is nowhere near enough on an iMac. Yeah. It's it's almost ludicrous so now. There's two and two on the other two side. On, so it's four. Side. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think they must come different amperages too because one of them says iPad on it. So great little product, really simple. Um, you know, just basically a pass-through. So your yes. power, instead of going straight, instead of the power going straight into the computer from the power cord, it goes through the Magic Hub and gives you four extra yeah, USB ports. Clever use of that little hole on the stand. Exactly. Fantastic. Clever use of a little hole. That's just fantastic <laughs> from today. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, he's got the intern laughing, <laughs> eh? Jesus, he was bagging us before, now he's laughing, that's yeah. good. All right, now, we're uh, the Audio-Technica stand I wandered past today, and they had a really interesting stand as well where they had a couple of attractive young ladies on uh, treadmills and step machines, 
And I'm thinking, hello, what's this? What sort of te- oh, tech? your attention. What sort of technology can I gain from looking at these women running on the treadmills? And uh, there, there was actually and you product. got none. <laughs> they were actually wearing a product that I'm going to talk about right now. It's called the Sonic Sport. Now, I know all the running you do, Trevor, and your mm. headphones falling out Big and all that, right? Your earphones. The big problem is that you need to Hang find... On, so just go back two steps here. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> These are headphones. They're earphones. What were they wearing? They were wearing Lycra. Yeah. They're, they're training gear. What, you'd oh, see, yeah. what you would see if you ever went out for a run, Trevor, okay. you'd see this, okay? Anyway, the problem with sports earphones is that not all pairs fit you. So whether because you're running, you, you don't know whether to go for over the top, over the top of your ears or the ones inside with the special clips and... You don't know what's going to suit you. Now, with this one, the Sonic Sport actually lets you choose the form factor yourself. So the wire that goes around into the earbud is actually bendable. So you can bend it so that it goes over the top of your ear, then inside your ear, or you could bend it so that it just goes inside your but ear. But it's hard inside. enough that it, it maintains that bend. Yes. It consists so right. think, think of it like a like a little like coat hanger type wire, but not as thick as a coat hanger wire. But it, it does bend and stay in that shape. So uh, if, if, you know, there's no such thing in earphones as one size fits all. We're all got different size ears. That's why they put on those little different well, silicon buds. What are you trying to say? No, but everyone's Can't got a like different shape. Why do you have to bring this up now? What do you mean? There's something wrong with my ears? Nothing. Like no, that? geez, you're sensitive. <laughs> sensitive. But no, well, you, you talk to any earphone designer, they'll tell you that your ears are as unique as your fingerprints. We've all got different shaped ears and ear canals. And all now that, that you mention it. <laughs> so this is a good product for you if you if you can never find a pair of earphones that fit you. I've heard plenty of people say, I can oh, never yeah. find a pair of earphones that fit me. Sonic Sport from Audio Technica could be the solution. All right, well, I'm going to keep with the battery theme and suggest to you that the only other battery that caught my attention was the one in the belt. So there's a company called Zeus, built with an X, and I gave them a bollocking for that because it's... Stupid, you say you got a I stupid name? A stupid way to spell <laughs> Zoo because it's going to confuse my children. I said to the bike, I said, you don't have kids, do you? He goes, no. I said, it's because you've spelt the bloody wrong. Anyway, um, so they have... This is he, he thinks it's the first in the world, but he doesn't know that for sure, but the company they've teamed with. I've never heard this of is, This is a bendable battery. So what I'm showing, Stephen, it's on the website, eftm.com.au, is, is a bendable battery. So that's, that's about uh, the, the, you know, 10 centimetres long. But the battery actually goes all the way around the belt, and it's six layers, and there's 2,100 milliamp hours in that battery, right? Plus there's a bit in the actual buckle as well. And basically the, um, the, the, the battery's in the belt, then in the buckle there's a bit more battery power and logic and stuff, and then there's a cord that comes out the back of the buckle and magnetically stays on the belt. So you could be walking along with the the plug in your pocket charging your bloody phone that's pretty handy when i initially saw this that's a good idea great idea when i initially saw the buckle i thought there'd be like a little usb port to put your own cable in it and what what about this the the plug if i show Stephen here and you can look at it on the website um it's actually micro usb with a lightning end on it that's smart and so when you finish the cord magnetically is hidden away yeah, you can hide the cord away magnetically or you can actually unplug it and not, not I use it I reckon there's a better name than Zoo I think you should call it the Geek Belt yeah well I think Zoo's, Zoo's the name of the company um, or Nifty I don't know anyway they've, they've done other stuff before they've done a, this is their second crowdsourced um, oh, product this is a, 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 it was an Indiegogo yeah, but it's right. now in production and they've got right. some fashion designers design buckles for them they're going to some famous fashion show we soon we need to go to that, ma- that much trouble to power our batteries are we using them that much that we need to have yes, a, a battery in our belts have, Stephen belts battery you, You've never received a call on the phone, on the radio complaining about battery life of mobile phones? Of course, of course I have. Um, this is why these companies make these products. Handy. They're listening to us. Well, They're listening you know, to this podcast. It's a good idea. I said it's a good idea. But 
uh, like since I've been here in Vegas, every night when we're when I'm out, you know, I have I'm nowhere near my my charger. I've taken out every single night and needed to use a portable battery. So if I could wear it instead of stick it in my back pocket, then hello. Discreet. You could be discreet about it. Yeah, All right. So I don't mind that one. Again, uh, you can find details below the belt. <laughs> it's just on the belt, actually. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. And Stephen, um, this is uh, breaking news. Breaking news. Live scribe. The, uh, the well-known company, the, uh, what, what do we call it? The uh, smart pen smart manufacturer pen. is now on Android. Oh, that is sensate. Can we get a round of applause? That's huge. Breaking news. (laughs) Subscribe. Android. I've got a lot of emails about that. It was only on iPad, iOS, and since Livescribe 3 came out, the smart pen, which I think is about 18 months ago now, or about 40 months ago, uh, then it's now compatible with Android KitKat, and there'll be Lollipop support as well, all through Bluetooth. So it works the same way as it does on iOS. But now all you Android users who have been desperately wanting to use the Livescribe 3 smart. Stop emailing us. It's available. It is now available on Android. That's a wrap from CES 2015, Stephen. You've worked very hard. Oh, probably I'll give you about an 8 out of 10 for your work <laughs> ethic this week. Uh, you, uh, and, and the same, mate. You've done very oh, 8 well. 8 out of 10. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, no you've worries. You've done very well. No, we both worked pretty hard. Everyone thinks when, when we tell people we're coming to Vegas, everyone thinks, oh, yeah, they think we're coming here for a holiday. But mm. look at the number of stories we've both written on, uh, on Tech Guide and on EFTM and... Uh, it's not just here. We're not just here for Even fun. Even the Although interns have been writing fun. stories. Even though we had fun, we're not here for fun. We've, we've done a lot of work, seen a lot of cool products. It's been a terrific show. It's been a good show. Uh, we will kind of reflect on it next week, perhaps, uh, in the Tech Guide studio or somewhere like that. And uh, and we'll look back on it and uh, we'll talk about the rest of the tech world. But thank you, Stephen. Uh, we'll be back again next week with Two Blokes Talking yes, Tech, we'll episode 191. Just one a week from here on. One a week. We'll resume regular transmission next Wednesday night. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you to the intern for the drinks yesterday and for his uh, whimsical laugh in the background. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.